Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home? or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Do you have bad credit and minimum capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, we're, we're the, the Mobile, mobile home, home Elite, Elite Investors. investors. Our e-course solves all of those problems by giving you all the strategies and secrets to become a successful mobile home investor. Tune in at www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Tell me about Blackwell Renaissance, man, because you guys, it seems to me like a 
one, you know what I'm saying? Like I just started seeing some of the content and then I started seeing more of it. And then it started being shared by like, you know, notable pages in the culture. And it's, it's a cool, it's a cool look, man. It's like aggregation. You guys aggregate, you guys post, um, but it's a, it's a very specific kind of curation, which I think is what people really enjoy about the page. That's what I enjoy about it. And me, my business partners at, at Harlem Capital, we be sharing your guys stuff all the time in a private uh, little chain that we have. Like, yo, check this one out. Thoughts, you know, you guys be dropping some like thought-provoking kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, tell me about the page, man. And tell me about each of you guys individually, because I don't even know maybe even some of your guys' fan page maybe might not even know some of the individuals behind it. So we'd love to just even just personally just get a sense of you guys. Oh, for sure, okay. man. Well, I'm Jalen, bro. Uh, I'm one of the creators of the page. Uh, this I'm gonna let David introduce himself. Uh, I'm David David Ballard, uh, one fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance. So, really, like with the whole page, the whole start really goes back to like college times. Uh, Jared Kelly and I were roommates in college, and Jalen and I have been best friends since, since eighth grade. Since eighth grade, and we went to college an hour and a half away from us. So, like, we were always all tight. So, like, at the house, Jared, Kelly, and I, these are always just the types of conversations that we would have. And just, like, we were always talking about that stuff and putting people on game about stuff. Right. And then one day we were just like, man, let's just start a page. So, like, we kind of bullshitted for a minute. We, like, we, we were bullshitted. Then, like, in around October, we just started it. And we just started putting content out. It was just Jared and I at the time. <laughs> So yeah, we just started. We put the uh, we just started putting content out, and like, if we just stayed consistent, it was slow at first. Mm -hmm. Then it just started picking up. Like, I think maybe what we were a month, and we had like two hundred followers. Yeah. Then by like the second month, we had a thousand. What, what was it? What was this? October thirty first, two thousand eighteen. That boy knows the precise date. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We keep it. We, we got it. Like, it's been crazy to us, man. Like, and, the ride has just been like. And it just been like, it blew up from there. Kelly got involved coming into the new year. Yeah. And then, like, Jay got, got involved. involved like, and, right after Kelly. Gotcha. And then, like, it just went through the roof after that. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Um, and then from Jer Jared and Kelly, what's up? What's up, fellas? What's going on, John? <laughs> Talk to me. Man, man, uh, just with the getting started with the uh, Black Wolf Renaissance, so uh, actually I had, I was, it was the beginning, it was actually towards the end of the year of 2018, and I was thinking about creating my own page, and I had seen that Jared and, and David had created their own page called Black Wolf Renaissance, and I, and I didn't really understand exactly what, the, what was going on. I just seen that they were posting and posting and posting it, and I was like, well, I'm gonna create my own page about financial literacy. So I sent them some, we had a group chat and I just sent them some posts that I was gonna post on my page. And I'm like, man, forget that. Y'all just, you know, come and join us on Black Oath Renaissance, man. And it's been history, man. It's just taking off. Like we never expected to get this big, but I'm just so grateful that it is. Wow, that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. That's a nice piece. Just kind of piggyback off what Kelly said. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm Jared, by the way. Um, Kind of piggybacking off what he said, like we, yeah, we, we got started with it. I had just left my job in Houston and come back home. And I was talking to David on the phone and we were uh, talking about the same stuff that we're usually talking about, trying to get money, you know, financial literacy, different stuff like that, trying to educate, you know, the culture, whatnot. 
And uh, we were like, you know, man, look, we've been talking about it. Screw it. Let's just do it. Start the page. Do it. And I just, I, I went, you know, start the G, uh, start the Gmail. Went from there, and made the Instagram page, and we got it rolling. Right. And then from there, like, there's always someone who starts the Gmail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the first step. That's how you get solid. That's how you make sure you. This is it. That's how you know it's real, man. Yo, well, I'm excited to jam with you guys, man. Uh, a big fan of you guys, and um, there's a lot of places we could take it, man. So I'm, you know, I'm open to it being up to you know chime in like let's get it going um man for so i'll start with this right like culture has been popping lately and and it's it's fusing with the business world in a way that has me thinking bro i actually been taking a step back and i'm just thinking this whole like august has been really reflective for me Mm -hmm. and I'm just, I'm curious where it goes. Like, I just feel like it's the beginning truly of a whole new era of the culture where like, you know, hip hop has had a chance to grow up and, you know, it's, we've created billionaires, you know, and even beyond that, but it's just interesting how like, because our culture now is in the zeitgeist and now there's this whole economic like renaissance where a, a page like yours and like mine, like yeah. the fact that like a young, you know, Dominican kid from the Heights can have a show you know about business like that's random the fact that you guys you know can curate and post original um content around black wealth and be pop you know like yeah you know and there's a handful of us kind of players in here and it's starting to cross the chasm starting to get to the bigger names you know you guys you got guys like killer mike who's like bridging because he's you know, more firmly in, in be, kind of in between both, whatever. Um, so anyway, that's the kind of stuff that's been top of mind for me, man. Like thinking about, man, how could, you know, I don't know, how could we add to that conversation? How can I add to that conversation? And how can I explore new territory too, you know, that has, I feel like there's a, a whole new horizon of stuff that can be done, but that hasn't been. So anyway, that's where my mind's at. I thought I'd set the context with that because that's like the state that I've been in lately. Man, I definitely agree with that because it's so much that is there for us to build because it's like it's such an open field that hasn't been explored yet because we've always been taught that, you know, it's not really possible, but you see people like you, you see people, like you said, like Killer Mike, and you see the billionaires that have been created. And even not even just in hip hop, but like the black billionaires, the the Robert F. Smiths. Yep. You see people like that. So now you're like, oh, it is there. Yeah. But it, that those people, those are like the frontiers. Mm-hmm. But that area is still open. It's still open for the taking. Like, it's so much that can grow. So yeah. many more billionaires that can be made and developed from all areas because we all know that. Like we putting the examples yeah, out there. Like that that's what it our is. Our culture we really do. We push we lead in innovation and everything, but we never we never benefit from the innovation. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like it's our time to actually lead and benefit from it. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. As for me, man, I just really think like with this whole wave, the biggest thing that's with it 
and like how like when it comes to connecting to the celebrities and all that because i see what you're saying a lot of like it is getting to the bigger name spaces now like we've been noticing even with our page like it's getting into the, those areas and i think as that grows what's gonna happen is just the the further push of this knowledge to the masses i really think that's what's really gonna happen as like the bigger names get hit to like okay this is what's cool now like this this is just what's gonna happen and we're gonna have a lot more educated black people in the future and i feel like a lot of fiscal responsibility is gonna come and a lot more people are gonna benefit from this next recession moving forward because the knowledge is gonna be out there like yes some people are still gonna flounder because you can't get everybody you know you can leave with a horse to water you can't make them drink but the information is going to be so much more out there that you ain't got an excuse. Yo, yo, that's see, whoo, I don't, I don't know when, when the market corrects, hopefully it's no big recession, but when the market corrects as it most certainly will, I've been thinking about that too. Like, all right, well, you know, I've been taking an honest, like an intellectually honest, like my partner, Jared says, look at my own situation and say, all right, am I really in a position where the bulk of my income you know, doesn't get too affected in a recession. And I took a look at my income. And right now, I think there's just a, there's a lot of dollars floating around in media and working with, you know, influencer, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I took a look at like my branded podcast deals, you know, I have a deal with Cadillac, you know, a lot of speaking, like I'm taking, taking an honest look and I'm like, damn, all that to me does kind of feel like it would go, like, I don't know that there would be this much budget for speakers if I were to keep it real, you know, when companies don't have fucking marketing budgets. Like, I just, I don't know about that. You know, I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. And so like, man, I'm, yeah. And so I'm like feeling like, all right, cool. I'm trying to, I feel like for me, I'm most into real estate. And I think that that, has a little bit more potential to be recession proof values do dip, but you still get the rents. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm interested in that. Um, and then, and, or I'll throw one thing out there too. It's like, all right, what if though, I, cause I do think a lot of cats will disappear, but I do think also that if you're able to cross to the other side, right. Cause marketing budgets don't completely disappear. They just shrink. Yeah. And I feel like if you're well positioned, you might be able to capture a healthy share of the budget that is in that space. I feel you. You know what I'm I saying? Feel, like, I, I feel like what you're saying, because I think it comes back to what you were saying a little bit earlier about being specialized, like mm -hmm. kind of being niched down. Yeah. And like when you add it, like you can take the big share because you're so specific that they want just that market that you had that control over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jared, I see you down to chime in. No, 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 no. I'm just agreeing with what David is saying. Like, I, it, it, when you niche down, it allows you to get so specialized that, like, people split, specifically come to you for, you know, uh, a special service or for a special uh, advertisement or for a special thing. Like, as far as, even as far as us, like, people come to us for a specific uh, market, you know, when they come to target us or when they're coming to our page, they're coming to reach very specific targeted market. And we know who that market is, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that allows you to move differently when the market moves up. And you, you hinted at the possible recession. So you, do you think that a lot of people are going to get left behind? We, I know we have this big movement in financial literacy, but if the recession hits, do you think that when, it, when the market does correct, that people will get left behind because of it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think people are getting left behind right now, and it's you know rising tide. I think that there's probably winners like people will fall on all ends of the spectrum at any given time in the upflow and downflow. Like, I don't know. That's my theory anyway. Like, I couldn't. We couldn't have predicted that. Um, you know, it'd be advantageous to be brown right now in the general state of advertising. Like I'm seeing a lot of corporates literally, you know, name some of the bigger items that, you know, folks that they're behind are letting, like, bro, Cardi has a fucking Sprite deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're in an era where a, a corp and, you know, listen to Cardi's music, right. And like, they're still publicly internationally putting that dollar, that spend behind a figure like Cardi. And so like, you know, does that continue into like, there's so many variables and it honestly really depends on your own ability as an individual to be resourceful. And I think that that can honestly come at any time during your development, you know, in your journey. Um, so I don't, you know, think about it too, too much. Like yo, recession when is going to happen, but I'm just like peeping. I'm just keeping my eyes out and I'm realizing like, yo, even in my situation, for instance, like I, I own two buildings right now. There's 17 units. And I got to a point where I, you know, over levered, you know, I easily like, because mm -hmm. it was easy for me to borrow money in this time, in this climate. And so like, I'm even being self-reflective with myself, right? Like, you know, you just guys caught me in that space right now. Like I'm yeah. thinking honestly with myself, I'm like, yo, I slipped up, you know, and I over levered and that, for a number of reasons. One, because I like to go big. So I didn't learn on a single family. I was like, no, I'm going up to a tenplex. Okay. I went up to a tenplex and then I was, like, I was praying every day that that would happen, by the way. Like, I, man, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm like reorganizing my house and stuff like that. And I saw a journal and I opened up that journal and on the first page it says, I will own 220 North 6th Street. I will own, and I was like writing it down by like the address. Like I was really willing that. I really wanted that to come about. Um, and we can talk about how and all this other stuff, but like, okay, boom, we got there. And then here's where I, you know, I slipped. Like for me, I'm a deal guy. So like I closed the deal. I was like, all right, bet, what's next? Now, mind you, I, you know, living in Harlem and the properties in Allentown. And then, I, you know, wintertime came around. We bought in the summer, like end of the summer. Wintertime came, I was cash flowing, by the way. Then wintertime came around, starts exposing, you know, issues with the physical structure. Because, mm -hmm. So, right. So, so like when you shop in the summertime, it's breezy out, it's nice. Like just, you feel good. Everyone just feels good. Wintertime comes around, exposes the, you know, the structure. Um, but anyway, the, the point is like, I closed the deal and then moved on. And then I ran into the reality that bro, okay, you want to get into real estate? Okay, cool. You got in, but this game is physical. Like it's, you know, there's a reason it's, it's uh, illiquid. It's a slow moving, it's physical. And that has real world offline kinds of, you know, you can't just trade your, you know, you can't fucking trade on Robinhood all day in stocks <laughs> and stocks. So anyway, so anyway, so I'm, I'm moving on with the renovations and, and, you know, we can get into any aspect of the renovation or whatever. But the point is like, I'm being honest with myself, like, man, it was easier to borrow and to the fact that they even loaned me as a young man with no experience, like half a million to be able to buy the building, 
you know, a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff wouldn't be around um, in a potential correction. But anyway, I'm spewing thoughts, guys. So, you know, we can cue uh, it. In any yeah, I was about to say, so look, I want to get, get it started like this. Yeah. So I like how you're in the point of reflection right now, my brother. So yeah. can we just get you to introduce yourself? You, we got to tell you a little bit about us. Can you introduce yourself to our fan base, like who you are if they don't know you? Um, and how did you get started? How did you even get to that point to where they were able to lend you half a million to a million to borrow that lot? Okay, cool. Yeah, great question. Um, I put it like this. It's interesting because I would have answered this differently even 12 hours ago. But today, this morning, or you know, just now, on my bio on Instagram, I got rid of all of that stuff. I felt like the same things I had been using to build me up is actually changed now that are shackling me. Like I had on there Forbes 30 and the 30 at week 100. Like, why do I need to have that on my pile? Like, why, why do I need to wear that? You know, I don't know. I got rid of all that stuff. And the way I would answer that right now is I'm the proud son of immigrant parents, bro. Like my mom and dad who came, like before all this stuff that we wear, our ident like digital persona that becomes us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we grew up, you know, broke, but we grew up right. And I think ultimately, bro, like my heart is in um, balancing the playing field a little bit more, man, a little bit more. The, the best way you can. If it's music, it's fucking music. And by the way, I've been wanting, I, I just bought an a amp and guitar. Like I've been in the studio. I want, I want to push the bounds on how it is that we can contribute to the conversation yeah and, and that's why we call it a renaissance because it's not it's, it's not just yeah. one point it's multifaceted bro that's it's awesome. all it's all around yep. it's, yeah. it's mainly focused on wealth because that's the part that we're actually grasping because we got the creative side down locked. True. so True. why not bring the the wealth on and now we're connecting it around we're really becoming that renaissance that whole embodiment person Right, and then and to make it more concrete for for your guys' fan base, because my guys are familiar, likely. Um, but I was um, working as a doorman in New York City, and that was kind of when I met some folks who had their awareness had been exalted. They got to the point where they're living on the waterfront with a doorman. It's a it was a nice building, and so proximity really did so much for me because I just got in the same orbit as people who were just vibrating higher, um, you know? And like, by the way, that kind of impact lifts all boats, but like, you still got to have that spirit in you that wants to participate. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, there were people who had been there a long time and, and you know, you got to be able to be impressionable in, in a sense, not in your values and vision, but like, man. So, um, so yeah, so that's how it got started. Um, one of the residents kind of put me on to start a little laundry business. I started that, but man, it's just been figuring out as I've gone on all, all along, bro. Like um, I was able to sell that business, but just the way that sounds makes it sound like I was like, you know, perfectly strategic and I fucking put all the pieces together and then I sold, it was like fumbling the whole way. Like, Oh, sh you know, and like catching a rhythm, I guess, as you fumble a little bit, but like still fumbling, bro. Yeah. And, that's the best you know, way to learn. That's yeah. the best thing to learn, man. And since then, I've started a little incubator, which, you know, got some motion behind it. And I think the most thing, best thing that I did, it was called, it was called Co-Found Harlem, was that was the first time really that I had begun building brand because before in the laundry business, I was operating relatively anonymous and just learning 
about business, you know, um, and it was scary and because it was retail, I had expanded into retail. And so it was cool to be able to deal with that kind of stuff, side of stuff and having staff. And, and I'm not talking about staff that like was like salary, like 120 K, like I had hourly staff. Right. And like, you know, now in the modern workforce, it's like a lot easier to be incentivized if you're being paid fucking 70 or 80 to start plus a bonus, like, and, you know, and sometimes stock options, but like, I had to deal with like, all right, how do you keep people motivated when you're paying them, you know, what you can afford, which yeah. is nine, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. If I'm really going to stretch an hour, you know, um, you know, that all that kind of stuff, you know, we had, I had drivers. So I tried to like learn a little bit about logistics, a little bit about supply chain, a little bit about negotiating leases, trying to close a big, bigger deals as I'm doing laundry for them. Um, stuff like that. And when I cross over to the incubator side, I started learning a lot more about brand side and like building a company, not just a business um, in a way. Um, and so that has evolved into eventually after running incubator, any reasonable business person would want to start investing in these same companies that you're helping to build. So you're like, all right, cool. So then that opens that kind of portal. Um, and eventually, you know, I don't know, you just, I like learning about the system as a whole, not like I got into this via startups, but you start discovering that the world is a lot bigger than just start. Like it can feel like startups is the world, mm-hmm. especially in modern kind of media. Cause it makes sense. Right. Cause these platforms are all tech and like whatever, but you know, there's all, all kinds of sides to this, man. There's small businesses. There's, um, you know, there's real estate. There's bro. I've been looking cause, cause I've been spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania. I've been driving by like stone quarries and steel mills and fucking lumber yards. Yeah. Like, like that shit is awesome to me too. You know? So pretty much where I'm at right now, in my career is like, I'm trying to learn about the things that I'm finding most interesting because I know this is, you know, I'm, I know we have another 20, 30, 40 years ahead of us. And so right now I'm like, the way I like to learn is not really from a book. Like I'll throw a little bit of money at it and say, okay, let me jump in here. Let me see what is there to learn. Um, and so I've been learning a lot of stuff over the last few years, including venture, you know, where, you know, I can't speak about the raise. That's, you'll see, you know, that announcement when we're closed, but learning the venture business has been interesting. Learning real estate has been really interesting and really powerful as well for my family. Like my family doesn't really feel the venture. Like yeah. my mom's like, she sees startups, millions. She's like, yeah, she's like, motherfucker, you ain't got millions. So <laughs> like until she can see it, it's not real, you know? And like, I kind of, I like that mom keeps me humble in that sense. But anyway, so yeah, that's kind of where I am that now, man. Um, learning a lot of kind of stuff as much as I can and putting into practice. Yeah. I, I, I like I, how you said that uh, your best way of learning is to throw some money at it and that's how you learn. Like you learn from your mistakes of, of doing things. That's that's what we preach on here is, is taking action. A lot of people sit on the sidelines and try to read a book. I mean, it's, that's great to learn, but the only really real way that you're going to learn some things is, is actually putting the stuff into action. Yep. That relates back to what he said earlier too. Like you, one of the worst mistakes that I made before coming into entrepreneurship was thinking that everybody that was successful already had it figured out. A lot of people don't really have it figured out. Like he said before, it's just fumbling. You just have to fumble until you get like to where you're going and you just keep fumbling to the next step and fumbling to the next step and eventually you'll get to where you're going. Because even with like us building Black Rose Renaissance, we really feel like a lot of it has been fumbling. (laughs) Like we fumbled into success, honestly, because it's just like, 
in the beginning, we just we just been we just doing kept shit. On, like you said, I, instead I'm, of throwing money at it, I'm fumbling. <laughs> <laughs> John, that's one reason I've always fucked with you heavy because you've always been honest about that. Like from the very beginning, like even when I seen you, whenever we started, you had a real large platform. I think we found you through Andre Hatchet. Yeah, I was like, man. This dude is talking about the shit that we talking yeah. about. And I was like, I love it. I love it. I never met this guy before. I never heard of this guy, but it's like the same way. You're like, bro, just do it. Like, you will get so much further if you just do it. Boy. And I really want to get into the venture capital thing with you because that stuff really interests me. I don't know how much you can talk about with it, but just how did Harlem Capital start? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I could talk at length about anything venture, just not our raise, uh, right now, but, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, man. I mean, ACP, um, similar to you guys, how, like, it sounds like, you know, there was like a core group that started and then some folks got looped in. It was, you know, pretty similar. Um, and you know, my business partners at that time had been doing banking and, you know, we kind of both, all of us individually rose to, some level of higher awareness on our own individual paths, right? Like I was running the incubator and just beginning to discover investment more so because of someone who was a donor at my not-for-profit. My, my incubator was a not-for-profit. Someone don't like was our donor and they were kind of in investments. So I started piecing it together. Meanwhile, my partners whom have a very different trajectory than me, you know, they came up through education. Um, and, you know, we're able to kind of be put in some programs that I now know that are SEO and MLT. These are like placement programs in the finance world. And some of them start earlier, some of them start later. Um, but, you know, they were exposed early and often to, you know, the financial world. And so that's, that's great because if you happen to have an interest in that and your place in front of it, you know, it can create great leaders like a, you know, like a, you know, Reg. Lewis, let's say, or, you know, F. Smith, but there's also, you know, Black Wall Street exists, you know, we have, you know, not a, unfortunately, it's not like a crazy big C, but there's some players on the street that are known, yeah. you know, that yeah. run private equity shops and, you know, sit on boards and stuff like that. And so they came up kind of exposed to that path and they had some images that they were looking to emulate being like a top tier finance dog, you know, and like that honestly was a little newer to me is a little newer to me. Um, it's a whole different vibe than my vibe. It's like, you know, it's a little bit more conservative, typically um, quieter, even in demeanor. Like it's a whole different vibe. And I'm sure, you know, we all know it, that whole kind of, you know, finance scene. But anyway, so yeah, we um, individually, independently, and then jointly decided we want to put a little bit of money to work. And specifically in startups, like 5K is just not enough. And that's probably what like each of us had available at our disposal. You know, you know, we weren't spending money on stupid stuff. So you eventually you can, if you want something bad enough, you can put together three, four five G's, right? That, that's the cost of entry. And so we found at least other young folks where we were like, all right, cool. Like, you know, we're all committed enough to be able to have, you know, at least five G's to throw at something. If we throw it in together, you know, you know, we have a little special purpose vehicle, a little SPV, or a little LLC, we throw it in together, then, you know, we're making 20 or 25 K investments. And that at that point is still actually a pretty small check in venture. You definitely not leading no rounds, you know, but you can at least get in. Yeah. Um, and that was 
kind of what got some conversation started and stuff like that. And they had actually done three investments on their own as a, as a syndicate. Um, so it started as an angel syndicate, I guess would be the proper term, but like, you know, it was a, f- a few homies putting, you know, bread together. Um, and that's the thing, bro. All these technical terms, I feel like, man, they do a lot of disservice to being able to learn this shit. Because yeah. like, I can say it plainly as fuck, right? And I can also say, you know, you know, Harlem Capital started as an angel investment syndicate. And then immediately hearing that, if you're not really in the game, it just don't turn you yeah, off. You're like, what? Like, it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, put three, four, five thousand dollars together. You know, grind it out. So it may take some longer than it takes others. But the reality is, um, one of the things that I did already have a place, and I think this is helpful context, is... Um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. I had already started developing my earning power. Right. And it's like it's a little bit harder to put three, four or five G's together when, you know, either your overhead's high and, you know, you're barely meeting it if, you know, if meeting it at all or even just over. It's hard until you have a little bit more of a float. So it's either you make little but save really well. I'm not really a great saver. So I kind of had to figure out how to kind of make more. And that's always been, you know, my skill is like revenue generation. or uh, Yeah sounded weird like that revenue generation yeah generating rev like hustling a little bit bringing in you know some kind of sale whatever and um the media business and the reason i like the media business is because there's a lot of elasticity in the earning yeah i mean like you know it's like music where you're either making 250 bucks for the gig or you're making 2.5 million like how drizzy brings in you know um, obviously there's a really big in between. There's some artists that bring in 50 racks, hundred, you know, 25, whatever. And all depends on your whatever. But point is that is a type of, that's a field where there's a lot of elasticity in the earning and media kind of has that too, because honestly, when brands approach the same influencer or, or podcast host, like, you know, the work isn't that much different. And, um, some folks are able just to command more in the market for, you know, for any number of reasons. But anyway, I say that to say whether you, whether you figured out how to make a good amount through like corporate, which I used to rag on, but like my partner showed me when you're working at those funds and you make bonuses, like, you know, those bonus, they give it to you in one check. It's not like breaking you off a little at a time. It's like, boom, 60 G's, yo, job well done. Like finance, those motherfuckers make money. That's yeah. all they think about. I'm not really a finance guy because I just don't think about money all day. I think about all different kinds of other shit. But anyway, um, yeah. So was gonna preface with that. Like for anyone listening, um, either you're really good at saving mm-hmm. and you don't make much, or try and get your earning power up the best you can because that shit makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh- I'm glad you spoke on that because I kind of want to go back to your business too. Yeah, I know you mentioned that like somebody kind of put you on to the idea of your business, but being that you're not a good saver and you decided that you really need to generate more revenue, a lot of people always wonder like, man, how can I generate more revenue? I'm sure whenever you started that business, you didn't have a whole lot of time. You need a vehicle. Like it's just a, you could call it a hustle. You call it whatever you want, but it's like you need one thing that you're going to be able to get good at 
and the better you get at something, the more people are willing to pay for it. And that, you know, that's just kind of true, bro. Like, you know, so, so for, and to be clear, it's not like I knew enough when I was getting started that this was going to be my thing. It just like, it came my way, like my, what my kind of mentor or whatever showed me was like, yo, there's a framework by which you can get away from being paid just by your, for your time. Like, I just had no other conception. He's like, yo, you can create some, make something, sell it yeah. and charge more for it. He's like, you tell me you can't do that. Like he put it to me in plain English with that. I was like, yeah, I could do that. He's like, bro, I got cleaners. That's how, like he did time and stuff. He's like, yo, that's how I make my paper. Right. So like, it was just that blunt. It was that simple. Like, and I hate how when I'm sometimes, you know, when media writes about stuff like that, they just oversimplify, either over, not oversimplify, but they just makes everything sound like it was so intentional, strategic. Yeah. Like, you know, my boy just said, yo, you can sell clothes. Trust me, I do this shit. And, and like, he showed me, you know, motherfucker makes money. He has, so I would actually ride in his Beamer with him. And he would take me on these laundry routes. And so eventually I discovered like, okay, cool. This could be my thing. Yeah. And at that point I was making like 500 bucks a week from my job thereabouts. And like it, you know, I just had the vision. I was like, bro, you, you mean to tell me I really can't come up with some way to replace 500. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to spend all day here all day. You're going to tell me. Like, what you're going to pay me? Like, come on, bro. I was like, nah, nah. I can make my own shit somehow, bro. That's all I needed. And then later I figured out, oh, it's just called an entrepreneur. And all oh, people care about it. And it's kind of cool. And it's like, bro, all right, cool. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, fuck all the dumb yeah. shit. And I was like, all right, cool. I can play this game. Like, bro, come on. my Man, my pops and my mom work so hard for below minimum wage. Yeah. And it's you know, you're telling me there's a world in which, you know, you could become a podcast host and have some kind of fucking audience and like, they're going to pay me, you know, damn, well, man, it, it actually breaks my heart how much money you can make, you know? And then I still look, I look at my folks and I look at my aunts and I, I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm this right now where it actually breaks my heart. Cause I'm not like, I'm not there yet where I could just break all them off and say, yo, fuck this shit. Like we're, pfft and buy up a, a plot of land in Dominican Republic and have everyone chill on the beach. Like I can't do that yet, you know, but, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but like you said, that's your reason. That's why you going hard. That's yeah. your why. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, bro. <laughs> I love it. I'm going, boy. I tell you. <laughs> hey, I think, I think that's cool though. We, we might be the first people to get, John Henry's true wild right there. He's trying to get yeah. that big plot on the Dominican Republic and the beach for his people. <laughs> I like it. That's it, bro. <laughs> Goals right there. Yeah, man. I was, I was okay, all right. No, no. I do want to – I got the next thing I want to talk about, though. Shoot. Okay. So just pivoting back even to the business just a little bit. I know you got started and you got to the why. But then we just came time to sell the business. I know that's something a lot of people uh, is on the internet now that they talk about, like holding their business forever for like generational wealth. What made you decide to sell the business? Yeah, because I didn't love that shit. And, and at that point, I had grown savvier to the, to the power of narrative. And I was like, yo, the power of narrative is actually, you know, it's immeasurable. And, mm. 
And that's actually for, for instance, why I co-found Harlem, we took no equity, you know, and it was just like, no equity. And like that effect, like the power of a narrative, you know, weighed mm. a lot to me by that point. And like, I had mapped it out and I was like, yo, excuse me, either I could stay in this laundry business, let's be honest, it's, la- you know, it's laundry. Uh, and then also like, it was the on-demand era where everyone was raising money for on-demand and like, bro, you know, I knew about venture, like I put that in quotes because I really did really didn't really, but I honestly doubted my own even ability. I wouldn't have been able to raise capital at that time. Like, you know, it takes honestly one thing I think people underestimate is just how long it takes to really get in the mindset of a new craft and like building a business, you know, is its own own thing. And then this whole era and culture of like raising money is its own separate thing. And a lot of people think like, oh, okay, cool. I'm running a successful business. I can just like, you know, raise money. But it takes, at least it's taken me, I won't project. It's taken me, you know, three or four years to really feel like I can say, okay, I get it. And even I, you know, I don't know, I read the terms and like, but I, you don't really get it until you're around, around it for long enough. Um, and anyway, anyway, to, just to back up here. Um, so I say that to say that in the startup culture, there's like an over glorification of selling a business for some reason, you know, like, cause that is the end goal, but like in regular small businesses, that stuff happens all the time, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, you're selling retail shops and how many, you know, small businesses get sold all the time. And there is, there ain't no splash about it when private equity shops, you know, sell businesses, there ain't no splash and they put out, you know, a really nondescript you know, PR announcement on break, you know, uh, PR newswire is where all the shit gets announced. And it's just like no sensationalism. It's literally just information it says, you know, LLC one, two, three has bought, you know, a curtain manufacturing mill, you know, and, and like, so anyway, that happens all the time. You happen to have gotten an exit with a kid who's good at telling story, you know, at like building narratives. So like I'd turn a regular ass pretty, you know, insignificant exit into a whole thing. Um, so like, yeah, man, I don't know. I got out of the business because I wanted to see at that point what I had learned. If I put it to something different, what could I build? You know, and, and so that's what it's been. So it's like text, you were testing yourself to see exactly, hey, what can I do next? Yeah. And, and I, I do honestly feel like, you know, do you feel like you guys come across folks whom, you know, when you're changing over into a new lane, you kind of uphold the old image for like a while because that's how you identified your, yourself for some time. And then you're switching, you still kind of refer to the old thing, but you ain't really that. And it's like, that's the point I was feeling. I was like, man, like, this is what I do. Like, this kind of my identity was tied to it. But I'm like, dude, I just don't like this anymore so let me just not i just don't want to do it man i want to try something else um and i think there's power in that there's power in being able to say you know i don't want to do this anymore you know i've been for a long time and there's people who follow me and who follow you guys whom are you know up still upholding like yeah you know grind out in this business and maybe they don't even want to do that shit anymore bro maybe it's weighing them down and Sometimes it is okay to just take a step back, bro. And it's not really you quitting yourself. It's just you being real with what you need in that moment. Um, 
and that's yeah man that is the and i like how you said you know sometimes you have to take a step back and make that mind shift change to get ready to do something else mm -hmm. because a lot of people sometimes they'll just drop something and pick something right up but it's like like you said you still might be holding on to what you used to do yeah. so you actually kind of have to i'm trying to see what i want to say like i guess purge yourself from that old way of thinking or whatever so you can get ready to actually be successful in what you're about to do next yeah and and that's a great point man because to me it's like the power of like making that mental decision and here's what i mean right like for instance when i started creating content let's say you know i kind of didn't want to be that guy i don't know because there's like all kinds of stigmas around you know the person who walks around like recording themselves and it wasn't until i i remember i was sitting in my living room with my homie and i was like yo i i want i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go on and so that decision of like i'm gonna do this and also that decision of all right i'm not gonna do this anymore like that sometimes takes some space but then when you do make the decision there's so much power in that and being able to say all right cool i made peace with what this comes with and what this doesn't come with and what i'm deciding to leave behind and like i'm good to move forward with it um yeah man and i've experienced that different you know i feel like we all do at different times in our development and career we shed layers and we add kind of new ones and and i'm, I'm about to pivot that to something dealing with business i feel like that aspect makes people great negotiators because they know what they what they have to walk away from what's their breaking point and they know hey if i can't get what i want from this deal this is what i'm gonna have to sacrifice and leave on the table if i don't get this at my certain terms yeah man um i've always been a weird negotiator because i i try to negotiate this is probably unpopular but i probably i try to negotiate from the heart man like versus from the spreadsheet yeah i and know i know man. That, I know. no that, because I, I read this book it's it's, it's called uh shit, never split the difference by uh chris voss and he talks about negotiating from empathy tactical empathy and that is basically it's not saying that you know you negotiate you are negotiating from the heart but you actually you're paying attention to people's the psychological and how they're actually thinking it's not about like you said just being on the spreadsheet you actually have to sometimes take a step back and say why is this person acting like this or why is this person set on this specific number mm -hmm. and sometimes you might be able to negotiate around that like you're saying you're negotiating from the heart it might be a big problem that you need to solve that if you're just looking at it from the spreadsheets you would never realize that yeah and, and realize that you can leverage that I agree, man. And then to, to even take that to like a more human level, sometimes I'm just like, damn, like I like, the, you know, I like this cat. Like, for instance, in this real estate game, there's a lot of professions that you're constantly interfacing with. There's plumbers, there's vendors, there's their stubs, you know, there's locks, there's doors, there's the guys who measure, like all different kinds of professions all day long. Um, and I don't just, I just don't like to negotiate. If I, you build my, you know, I don't know, in this business, there's a lot of contracts who don't do what they say they're going to do. But when you like fuck with someone really, like, I don't know, the value of just being able to say like, yo, I'm gonna get you like, when they send the bill, I say, yeah, I got you. Like, there, that builds in them mm -hmm. the, 
the willingness to like they're not looking to overcharge anyone like when you have that relationship with someone where you're like yo i got you and they're like that with you right back i've i've found that if i approach a relationship from the jump like that like yo i got you you know you got to have the awareness like it's taking time i've paid the rookie tax like you know i've tried to get like that from the jump and sometimes if you don't know the cost of things you know the variance can get way too high but that's fine you know some people by the way would take that as a great excuse to not get started and you know i'm okay with it i'm okay with overpaying to start and and not because by the way that statement i realize can sound like because i got it like that not necessarily no i don't you know i have been flow too in liquidity and it's more so just like my attitude around that's like okay i'm willing to get in the game and pay the lessons that i gotta pay pay you know what i'm saying like i'm willing to learn those lessons yeah someone told me when i was traveling doing my speaking tour we were at the bar, nice guy, man. He ran a, a 34 um, shop donut franchise. And he's like, John, I like you. And he's like, let me tell you something. He's like, I don't listen to anyone who hasn't lost more money than me. And he's like, and I, I can tell that you've lost money. And like, I knew what he meant by that. Yeah. I knew what he meant by that. Like you've taken the blows, you've taken the hits. And that's really where the learning is for real, bro. Yeah. Like it's not in... You know, these podcasts will help, hopefully, you know, but in, until people are willing to go through those lessons, you know, they won't internalize them. I know a lot of motherfuckers who read way more than me and just have done, you know, way half less. Month. Yeah, man. Way less. Because you have to go, like you, you said. You got to put your fucking money where your yeah. mouth is at the end of the day. <laughs> that's just the fact, man. At the like, end of the man. day. Like, that's why we fuck with each other. Because we, we put our money where our mouth is, bro. And we're and not I, afraid. And I like that mentality that you got. Because you say you go, you ebb and flow in liquidity. And, like, everybody that really, really want to be great, they got that mentality. They got that all money in mentality. Yep. They ain't trying to They ain't trying to just be all right with it. No, we trying to get rich. We, yeah. we, if, if you're scared to take a chance, how, how the, the fuck, fuck we, we going to get, get rich? rich? That's, all I, that's how I feel, man. Oh, uh, yo, and sometimes it's all in. Like, you're, you yeah. know, I have all my chips in, you know, you know, and it's interesting because in this game, like, playing off this analogy of, you know, playing poker, it's like sometimes you got a, a little war chest, you know what I'm saying? And you, you can kind of sit back with the space that comes with that and, you know, throw, kind of throw chips in. And then sometimes your momentum, your momentum builds on a certain hand. And you go more and more all in and you, you know, it's a risky, it's a very risky position when you go all in, you know, very risky position, um, you know, and you just got to, <laughs> you got to develop the comfort. You got to be able to be comfortable with that. Let me put it that way. You got to be comfortable in yeah. uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a rocky road and your stomach will get queasy. And like you got you got to be tough to to make it you know through some of these you know cycles. And so I'm glad. All I can say is I'm glad that I've gone through a bulk of my learnings in a relatively up market. Right, going back to like that initial conversation because I do recognize it is an up market, and I'm and I'm telling myself like, okay, cool. I've been able to do okay um, from the from the time that I first started. Like, remember, I got in the game. It's just what like, okay, cool. I'm gonna try this. And now I'm looking around like, yo, how the fuck did this, all this come up? Like, how, <laughs> you know? I don't know, <laughs> you know, but like, all right, cool. We're here. 
And I do feel like as the market dries up, like I'll be able to say, okay, I have a little bit now of experience, like V1.0, you know, I have under the belt. How do I approach this new, yeah. new era? You know, every decade, I feel like we, you know, we'll, we reinvent ourselves. So anyway. Like, no, right. like, bro. Yeah. I love it though, man. That shit's, that's just fun. I think that's really cool. Like, I think that transparency is really cool there because it's like, you're a lot of people, like you said before, they think you had it all figured out. And and the media can portray it as to where it's like, oh, you know, guy who just came up, had it all figured out, you know, just did this, you know, and, and, and went through it all plan by plan. And you're telling people like, no, that's not how it was. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, y'all. Like, <laughs> that's what you said right there. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people get portrayed like that. Like, like a lot of the the success story. Only see the so, yeah. But they're like it's easier to sell it that way. It's easier for somebody to take it and to bite on it if it was like, hey, I you know, I knew exactly what I was doing strategic in and this is how I made my millions of dollars. Instead of telling the real story of that they learned, yeah. took some bump in the roads. That's that's harder to sell. But that's and the true that's the true game of becoming a millionaire. That's the true game of it. I yeah. feel like more people knew that then more people would be okay with losing money. Yeah. yeah, we do the same thing, guys, like with the snippy, you know, we make content, we all know what it is, and we all monitor our fucking insights, and we know when when you get a piece of content that hits, it hits. Yeah. Slap with the face. Khabib just fucking slaps, and sometimes a piece of content just takes off in the same way, and yeah, I actually yeah. like that about this game, too. It's like, you build, like, I think our audiences are about similar size, actually. Um, and once yeah. you have a little head, you have like an, an organic audience that you've built. Kudos to you. You've paid the dues to get to this point. That to me is like V1.0. Like there's a lot of people who won't make it here because they give up or da 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 da. And it's hard. You guys know it's hard to come up with a steady stream of content and nurture. Like this is it's, yeah. it's, it's man thing, bro. It's time. You got to keep feeding. And sometimes I'm like, yo, what am I gonna put? Sometimes you know. It's the thing. And so now that we're here, right, like we have a hundred some odd thousand, you know, we have enough of an audience and brand where we now have a hotbed that we can test things against, you know, and I see you guys experiment also. Sometimes you guys will drop, you know, some merch. Sometimes, you know, you can start getting some, you know, ad, you know, ad or sponsorship yeah. types of things, stuff like that. You know, my one thing I, I do, um, I would love to see more of a, a push from Black Wealth Renaissance in organic, um, kind of like original cut, uh, content from you guys, because I think that you guys have done a great job kind of curating a POV, a point of view mm -hmm. in the market. You know, people are knowing your stuff, you know, love sharing your stuff. And I think if you guys slipped, began slipping into that stream, some original content from you guys that you guys are creating, um, then you start, you know, you start charting over into territory. It's not going to initially perform as well as yeah. some of the aggregated shit. We know that. Yeah. But like eventually the organic custom piece of, you know, Black Love Renaissance starts being developed and that opens the doors and kind of to all different kinds of avenues. Like, for instance, you know, production, you know, television production, you know, you know, bigger digital, bigger digital media production, you know, stuff like that. I see you guys smile. You guys look yeah, like, that, we that's, need, that's, we always, that's one of the goals, bro. Man. That is one of the goals, man. Word, word. Love that, bro. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, talk to me about that. Like, so, so, you know, 
you guys got to where you're at now, like what are some of the things that you're envisioning? Like where you guys want to take it next? Like one of one of the places we want to pivot. First, we always want to provide people with resources to build themselves and just to get a foot in building generational wealth. So yeah. we want to make sure that our website, we can do that, that we have resources where you can find uh, financial advisors, you can find uh, CPAs, you can find courses to learn. And it, with, with the specific focus on group economics. Yes. Like that's, that's one of the biggest things that we have to stress. Like we have a lot of things to offer all in this, the realm of wealth and just trying to connect black professionals and things of that nature. But we really, really want to stress the importance of group economics yeah. because we all look at like the statistics and things like that. Where it's like, Oh, black, the black families network going to be, be zero. zero by, yeah, yeah. Like what? No, that's not happening. Come on. Let's start spending this money with each other. Let's, let's give, you don't have an excuse. We're showing you on the page and now we telling you, you can do it with us. Let's do it. Exactly. But I didn't answer the question. Yeah, that, that's that's one of <laughs> but that's one of the places where we want to take it. Another place where he said like we do want to do like more black media. We want to actually come up with like a media company where we can help. Like Jared said on the podcast, we want to be able to create it where we can create as much free advertisement as we do for white companies as we do for black companies. Mm, facts, facts, yo, and and I'll, I'll say this. Speaking on the macro of media, you know, media is in a bit of a vulnerable position. Um, you know, like it's an interesting time for media. Wall Street is very bearish on media right now. Yeah. They're getting clobbered, you know, um, a lot of them. Um, you know, BuzzFeed, like when the bigger players in the, in the industry are missing revenue targets in a very public way, you know, it starts getting the sentiment down, Wall Street money moves out, you know, you're seeing a lot of big write-offs in the space. Um, and all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I still think that there's a lot of money to be made in media because streaming ain't going anywhere. No, no. Channel's still on the rise. I just think it's a whole new, like the advertising model is not one that I'm really about anymore. I think it's a losing strategy. Like this whole strategy of like, yo, we're going to get, you know, the eyeball model. Like we're going to get 50 million, you know, some unsustainable number of like impressions and that's how you value your shit. Like, I think that's losing formula. I think right now, like um, IP and, and IP creation, intellect, like intellectual property creation. Like for instance, Blackwell Renaissance can get into the business of creating fictional stories, let's say, right? Like in podcasts, like narrative podcasts, let's say, where you come up with a little story about Tyrone who grew up, you know, and you paint this narrative and like, you know what I'm saying? Like con when you develop that IP, you know, that's the kind of thing that you can sell into a much larger production. And if you guys are able to retain ownership, that's how, you know what I'm saying? Then you can ride the ways of the bigger distribution channels, but you created the thing that you flipped up into them. You know what I mean? And like, that's what hustle is uh, and was for me. It's like, you know, someone approached me with this and like it was incubated over time, but effectively I learned at some point, like, okay, you can create, you know, if you're able to create something that's in the zeitgeist, like that the culture wants and you're able to, it's not enough to just have the idea. Like you, you know, I had players in place. Um, like the lady who approached me was like a, you know, she was in the business and she, you know, you got to have all the elements going. But the point is IP con like content creation right now, IP creation rather is a, I think the next wave 
um, in the media business. And I would be moving very fast away from like any advertising based kind of model. It's, it's okay if it's a portion of the revenue, but I think creation is more valuable. Um, the, the tricky thing is that it takes actually longer for it to pop off because people original shit, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you're a DJ and you just do covers mm -hmm. or if like if you're a band and you just do covers, like you're going to, you're going to get more wedding gigs much faster. Like Jacquees and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You don't get to be Anderson Pat or Snoop. Like you, yeah. you got to create your own shit. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, no, Joseph, thoughts there on media. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You're correct. Yeah, I definitely think IP is the, definitely the wave nowadays. It does take longer, but I think it will lead to more direct sales, and the sales will be a lot, a lot more uh, concurrent and congruent with it. I think it'll take a long time to to create it on the backside of things. But well, well, a lot of times, what IP is is once you create it on the backside, it just continues to flow. You, you it allows you time to create another different IP while that one's still flowing in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I would be the real game. That's the real flip. Like, we uh, we talked about it on one episode where a uh, guy writes a book, Shelby, our brother Shelby. Shout out to Shelby. But, uh, yeah, like, intellectual property as a whole, that's something that the community doesn't talk about enough. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the times we write it off when people talk about having books and just making a course or something like, oh, man, why would you do that? But, this is still a profitable market like that. Like you said, the original content. Yeah. And, and yeah, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry. I see you about to chime in. I was about to say kind of like what you had mentioned with earlier mentioning like, like hip hop and how it's a basis and, and how it aligns a lot with the culture. A lot of the only basis that a lot of people know with IP in my opinion is people owning their, their lyrics, people owning their music, people owning the rights to that stuff. And so like, and even in the, the music world, a lot of people don't own their stuff. So it's like, with that being said, it's an ongoing battle of getting people to understand the importance of it. You know what I'm saying? And, and how to create it. And one thing I've learned too is like, it kind of depends on how much leverage you have. Mm -hmm. um, like at, at first, you know, you see these artists give up their masters and stuff like, you know, these industries are so big and so in place already. There's so much, there's like a precedent that's already set. Like as talent in the television industry, like I don't actually like how talent is treated in the television industry. Um, you know, it's like you have zero leverage unless you're really big name already. Like I wonder if, you know, The Rock and, you know, any of these other big names, like the production kind of revolves around them. But for the most part, there's like a pretty, you know, fixed idea of what a host should or shouldn't be in. Um, and you know, and then, the, and it's that, and you get paid per episode, your, your work for hire, bro, your work for hire. And the currency that you get though, is not really cash. It's actually more so like just that visibility. And so like when I stepped into that deal, even though Viceland is, let's, uh, is a small, 
network, um, it's still a network. And so yeah. it's still a network. Wait one second. This live video ended. Um, and anyway, I had to be okay with stepping into this production the way I could to just get a taste and a sample of like, okay, what is it like to be on a truly elevated distribution channel? And more, moreover, what can I make, make of that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a test of myself. I'm like, yo, if I'm really an entrepreneur, you telling me I can't go and take being on the airwaves and flip that into more opportunities, you know what I'm saying? And so anyway, um, yeah, man, I think media is, is great, man, because at an interesting time, it's not doing well in the macro, but I still think if you develop your own point of view and you break in, you can start getting some of this media pie, bro. Yeah. And it might go away. And if it goes away, fuck it. But until, until then, build it up and then get you some shit that doesn't go away. <laughs> exactly. You're damn right. Yeah. That's the goal. That's always been the goal. We, we want to get – we trying to take BWR – to like I just to the moon, bro. Yeah, like I as far as this shit can go, I'm trying to take it. You're right. <laughs> and another thing, we just wanna like even having a conference to where we can create connections with people. That's that's the next thing. Like you're saying, you know, with the media and whatever, we're trying to say like the media is cool. The media is where we were able to get the message out. Now exactly. we're trying to break into the community and actually spread the awareness we want to start actually making connections with people we don't want to just be a media presence we want to be a household presence we want yeah. to be able to say hey let, we're going to the black Lives renaissance conference this year and let's see what type of partners we can partner up with let's see what type of let's see what city we can affect this year and help what can i learn yeah like well, who, who, yeah. what yeah. maybe what mentor i can find like bigger pockets built something really special, man. Um, and I'm friends with Josh Dorkin. Um, and like, you know, there's no investor, there's no real estate investor that's like, you know, 35 or younger whom hasn't, you know, come across bigger pockets and like gotten some piece of information from there, some value, whatever. And like, what's really cool about BP is, um, not only do they have like a top 100, literally top 100 podcast, um, but they also, you know, by the way, and they didn't, they didn't go and raise money and stuff. Like it was not some hot venture capital thing. It's like, but they're pretty big, man. And they have a lot of like offline chapters as well. That mean, you know, it's taking on a life of its own. And I feel like you guys do have that opportunity um, and have already started to for sure kind of be that go-to resource when it comes to anything about, you know, building a little bit of capital in, uh, you know, for yourself, if you're, you know, of color. So, you know, you guys are well, well, well on your way, man. Oh, man. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you, bro. You, bro. That, that, that mean a lot coming from you, man. Cause yeah, like man. we look up to you, so. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate Nah, we're all in this, bro. We got, woo, we just getting started. I, see, I, what I love about this is like peers. See, I don't like, I'm done looking up and shit. Like I'm looking around, right? Like my peers. Yeah. Like, I know each other 10 years from now. You know, we all gonna have, you know, Multi, you know, we're gonna have, we're yeah, gonna have, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here with you, bro. Yeah, and that's definitely like the path that we're on. We're on to like just working for that longevity. That was another thing that I like that you talked about. You know, you're here, you're testing yourself for longevity because from what I look at it, 
is you're trying to see if you're able to adapt to different situations because yeah. I'm the type of person I like to do that too because I'm always thinking yeah. to myself, if I was put into a certain situation, how can I adapt and not even just get out the situation, but how can I come through the situation stronger and learn from what yeah. I was in? Because yeah. I'm gonna get out the situation, no, no doubt, but I still wanna be able to learn. So next time that situation comes, I'm already prepared for it. And I, I see that a lot in you. You're able to just figure out what can I do to better sharpen myself. Yeah, you get your most skills out of it. You pull the skills out. Yeah, man. And, and I, you know, I've learned people say, yo, don't make the same mistake twice. I've made the same mistake dozens of times, bro, because the same mistake comes in different forms, mm. you know? And, um, and, you know, it's okay, actually. You know, it's okay. At least I told myself, like, dude, it's, it's okay that I've made the same mistake you know, several times, times over, eventually, you know, like it takes repetition really to learn anything. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is just coming to me now, but like when I was learning algebra, it's not just one time that you had with it. Like it's a continued, you, you make the same mistakes until you learn the logic. And then once you have the logic dialed in, you can do it in different applications and you can back into it. And the, you know what I'm saying? And then it's yours. But you have to go through it for it to be yours. Yes. I've been okay with going and making that mistake as many times as I need it for it to be eventually part of me. And then you can deploy, you can back into it. You can, and then like this skill, of, like say, you know, storytelling or marketing or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, it grow it has different iterations and any, any, you know, any of those skills. So I've been building those, you know, my, like my tool belt. And I actually think my tool belt is pretty small. I would say I have like, you know, three, four, five things that I think are, you know, maybe even three things that are just like core that I want to continue working on and building to the next level. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I took that opportunity to say that because these blogs will have you thinking that like, you know, people make the mistake once and then write about it in a journal three times and then wake up at five in the morning and then, go, you know, get a workout. And it's like all the fucking tips that you read, you're like, yo, is everyone doing this shit every day? Like, not really, bro. We're living a, you know, human ass life with a cadence. There's some days where you stay and don't do shit. There's some days where you crush it. There's some days where you swing and miss all the time. Um, but I've found that as long as you're okay with what the day brings, and you know, you just, and you, I've been learning to take that space when I need that space, come back and you ebb and flow. And you realize that a lot of people really don't stick with it for a prolonged period of time. And like, when you do, you know, when you do, you do. And you also can tell on someone when they do. And then actually the opportunities circulate within a bit of a smaller circle, the circle of those that did persevere. And then it becomes our responsibility, you know, to look, reach back and kind of look for those that have that too. And I have some homies that I wish had that, that I like, I love like, like brothers, yeah. man. Yeah. And they kind of got it. Like they got it intellectually, but it's, you know, it's not put into practice and it hurts, man. Cause like, I want that, you know, but you know, all you can do is that you continue on and that, yeah, eventually, in whatever moment, you'll take it in whatever moment you get it, man. You know, and I have like blood brothers and, you know, cousins. And so, 
Yeah, man, it's a whole thing, bro. I have a brother that I preach to every day, bro. Oh, Legit, I preach to him every day. I'll be right and, here with him. He 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 doesn't get it, but like you said, I'm gonna just keep on doing what I can. Yep. Keep on just being that example for him, and eventually one day it'll click, and he'll be like, "Well, damn, <laughs> this is what he's been telling me about." Exactly, man. But, and they know. see, and I think they do pick it up little by little. But I just think that the the chains of habits are hard to break. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. And I feel like it's just the fact that they look at me just like, you know, that's just my brother. If, as if I was a different person that was just coming off the street and telling them the same thing. Like, that, you've known me all your life. So sometimes you'll take stuff with a grain of salt and be like, you know, well, yeah, whatever. I see what he's talking about later on. Exactly. So, John, we didn't warn you before, but we got a segment yeah. that we do on the show. Uh, it's called "What's on Your Timeline." Ooh. On this segment, we just ask you, like, what's something that you seen on social media, or even something that you posted that you just thought was impactful and you wanted to speak on? Yeah, um, I've been seeing. I saw Nas posted um, uh, image of Dave Chappelle's "Sticks and Stones," and he was like, "Yo, no diss to any of the greats, but you know, Dave is the greatest to date." Um, and, you know, I saw a lot of folks chime in on that and stuff. So, yeah, that special has been on my mind a little bit. I saw Dave Chappelle's special. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to catch I it. I had, I had the chance. Did you see. enjoy it? Did you like it? Yeah, it was, it was raw. It was impactful, man. Like, I actually didn't laugh through a lot of it, and I laughed through some of it. But, like, I listened all the way through. And it's like mm. Dave, Dave's humor is, like, it's just real truth disguised in comedy um and also we as a society i was tweeting about this the other day like we entrust comedians with a special they get the license to talk about shit that we all think about but never can't say out loud yeah light of it and just make it a joke but he's saying yeah, like like this nigga's serious though <laughs> he really meant that <laughs> you know so it was uh impactful thing to watch and sit on it was like dropped in an interesting time too because it was like a you know it's like a holiday weekend so you kind of have time to sit with it so i would recommend watching it so yeah man I, you know i've been watching that um and also i've just been noticing that a lot of the content that i'm seeing is like it's all kind of starting to ring the same i'm starting to feel like a lot of content mine included it's like starting to ring a little homogenous to me it's like the same kind of shit that presented in the same kind of way mm-hmm. And so if you notice, I've, I really dialed back my my frequency of posting in the last like four or five days. Whereas before I was posting three, four times a day consistently across, you know, but it's, I don't know. Um, there's a, yeah. And there's power to being able to have the skill and infrastructure to be able to deploy content at that kind of continuity and scale. Like I have an operation, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, eventually you invest you invest in equipment, you know, I have mics and you have cameras and we have several and I have a videographer and I have an editor and I have, it's not like, you know, you develop your network of folks. And sometimes you have folks that you got to go through a lot of these types of creators until you find your team that you fuck with. They blah, blah, blah. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, in the building. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So you guys smile and shit. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Anyway, I just, I'm starting to feel like the, a lot of the concepts in Tamaja, so I'm starting to think about how can I mix it up, which is actually why I'm starting to make a push into music. Um, 
I want to, I just, damn, it's like, damn, why, why does it all have to be just talking with a headline and a caption and a time thing? And it's like, actually team, team Gary V credit to them actually made that format. Andy Cranach, who uh, at Cranach is, um, he's there. Yeah. I go back way, way back with these guys, by the way, D-Rock, Cranach, and a guy named, they, came to my incubator Kofi Harlem years ago, like five, six years ago, you know, Vayner media was still a couple hundred employee company and Gary's still popping, but Gary's online presence wasn't as big. Like he had hit the million plus on Twitter and like Instagram was nascent. And, and anyway, when they started that whole thing, they came to my incubator and taught a little session. And I learned a lot from that session. It's been really cool to watch people execute, but yo, they constantly try stuff all the time, by the way. It's a, you know, like they have a 30 person, literally 30 person content team within VaynerMedia that's just specifically dedicated to producing content for Gary, just Gary, the individual. And, you know, it's a complex team and they have editors and they have, they have a, it's a whole operation, bro. And what Gary does really well is he nurtures a culture of experimentation. So he lets those guys fuck up and often like all that stuff that he like talks about, he actually executes on. And so he creates that space. And so there's been some young leaders that have emerged from Team Gary V, you know, Cranat being one of them, a few of these cats. Um, and um, uh, yeah, anyway, they came up with that. Like Cranat came up with the timeline. That they're, you know, they constantly throwing things. Not everything sticks, but sometimes every once in a while something does stick and becomes the norm. And so now I'm just starting to think like, man, okay, there's elements of this that, that work perfectly with this medium. That is, Instagram is the culture right now. It's the zeitgeist yeah. right now. It's perfect, you know, snippy, whatever. But like, I want to start, I'm starting to get in that experimental stage. Like, how can I push my sound? Like, how can I go to 808s and Heartbreak right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From graduation, just completely switch my shit up. Okay, boom, he slipped and missed a little bit with 808s. But then after that, I came. I personally love 808s. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I, I like it too. I like it too. He pushed the sound. Yeah. The- breaking other fucking emotional rappers and shit. And then after that came my beautiful Dark Twisted. Now that album. That shit. That that, Yeah. That was the impression, my brother. Bitch. So let's do um maybe before we wrap, um, let's just do like three rapid questions that you guys might have from your audience. It and it could be on anything it could or even that you guys just have. Um it could be on brand, it could be on real estate, it could be on um, and you know, whatever you guys want, macro, micro. Um, and by the way, I feel like this is the start of many, you know, like obviously there's so much depth that we could have that I think our audiences would really benefit from and and just enjoy listening to, Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of fields that we touch on. Um, and so we kind of sampled in this session, but more, more than anything, I feel like it was like a, this has been like a, yo, it's good to put face to the name. Yeah, good to yeah, yeah. That's really, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really like, how it was. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, you know, preview this with the audience, test it out. We'll get a little bit, some pieces of micro out of this. You know, I'm, I will, you guys will mm-hmm. we'll start making it known that, you know, we fuss with each other and our, and our co-producer content and, you know, we can have subsequent series and shit like that. So mm-hmm. I'm down with that. But if you guys have like a few rapid fires, I'm happy to do those. Okay, so um, first one I like to ask: What's your favorite business book? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like um, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad did a lot for me. Short and sweet, and kind of showed me 
not just business, but like Life. money build, you know, like you and investing and stuff like that. So I would say a rich dad, poor dad. Okay. So, um, my next one would be what type of advice would you give to that person that's trying to get to where they, that, that person that's looking up to you, that's like, man, I can never start that. I can never do anything like that. Yeah. The, that's a great question, man. The thing that comes to mind immediately is when I got started as my 18 year old self, if I, I would look at like where I'm at now, I would think it would feel way different than how I was feeling when I was starting out. And it's kind of trippy because I kind of still feel the same fucking way. Like, I, you know, in, in almost every way, you know, I just, I feel the same in terms of like, I still feel just as an experience, just as a lot of things, honestly. But, um, so, so that's what I would tell people. It's like, you know, we've been sold that there's this moment when you suddenly become X, whatever it is that we're pursuing, but you're kind of just, you know, I don't know. Oh, you're still the wall. the same life experience. You still got the same mama. You still got the same dad. You still got the same, you know what I'm saying? And, and, um, eventually what does grow is your awareness. You know, you're able to like piece things together quicker. You develop a little bit more of a network and a little bit more skills. Sometimes a little bit more capital, not necessarily always, always the case. I've gone through some rodeos and I ended out in the other rodeo with less cash. I've gone and netted out more positive, but so it's really just know how that network um, and the bravery to go and do stuff. And I feel like if you can preserve those three qualities, you know, that those are, those should be your North stars. Yeah. I got one question. Uh, what is your, what is the bit and the biggest thing that you've learned uh, with real estate? Um, man, um, honestly, credit man like credit actually doesn't even matter how much you make like it matters a little bit but the banks care so much more about credit and like you know that's been an uh an uphill battle for me um like developing great credit actually takes habits it's actually not even about how much you make it's about having good habits instilled and that's one of those things where systematically systematically um, if you come from a family that has bad credit, you're actually way more likely to also inherit bad credit because like now that I'm on my shit and I'm like, you know, know more about this stuff. When I have a kid who, t and when he turns 16, I'm starting him out with a secure credit line. And also I know that the, you know, the, the fact, the scores and shit that makes your credit better is like utilization, amount of lines that you have open, um, the average age of the lines. And you can add anyone as an authorized user to your line. So I'm starting my kids out with really old, mature lines. And, you know, you can give your kids a little bit of a leg up, let's say. Um, but anyway, I wouldn't underestimate the importance of building good credit if you're going to go for real estate, because actually it will help you overcompensate for a lack of cash. Mm. I actually had the opposite way around where I like knew how to make more cash than I had credit. And like, I always had to compensate my lack of credit by putting up more bread. Mm. Um, and so credit is a lever that if you learn to get good at and it, it don't take nothing but just good consistent habits and like, you know, learning up, brushing up on your stuff, that will save you a lot of grief down the road. It won't completely make you devoid of 
challenges. You will still get your ass kicked. No matter how you get in the game, you're going to get your ass kicked. If you're a general contract, like, it's always grass is greener. People are like, oh, I wish I was handy. General contractors will get their ass kicked. Regular investors get their ass kicked. Electricity. It doesn't matter what you do before this game. You will get your ass kicked by the physical nature of real estate. Um, but I would tell beginners that credit is a lever that they might be underestimating. I love it, though. So, John, man, definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast with us, bro. Can you please tell the people more, like, about where can they find you at and where can they learn more about Harlem Capital? Yeah, man, no doubt. Uh, yo, it's been it's been a great time. I'm glad we had the chance. Yeah, 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 man, we appreciate yeah, it. We definitely got to do more. Actually, got to holler at you after this too. Yeah, so, yeah. Man. Yeah, hit me. So, so yeah, for the folks out there, they can follow me. I'm at John Henry Style. Um, and um, yeah, man, Twitter. I'm active really everywhere. I pay attention to all the channels, um, and I actually I pay attention to all my inboxes too. I choose not to respond to a lot of it. I go like, because just the volume is so high. Um, but, and that's on the emails actually. Like it's actually, I'm actually way more responsive on my social channels than I am on email these days. It's kind of funny how that swapped. In yeah. Um, but yeah, hit me anywhere, man. Hit me on Twitter. Um, if anyone has any questions that I could be helpful with, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, I've done it all. I'm not some kind of guru. I'm not, but I'm a peer. Please consider me. How about this? Please consider me a peer that's in the game. Like, you know, I'm not the greatest player on the court right now. I'm, I'm just like, coach, get me in coach. You know, yeah. I want a little bit of time with the ball. You know what I'm saying? I get the ball still stolen. <laughs> I try to go for wild shots, get blocked sometimes. Every once in a while, I get to get a nice look and, you know, do a little move that the coach like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love, love, love finger roll. Uh, please consider me a peer. You could, you know, you guys could hit me anytime. And also you guys, um, I'm not sure which of you guys I've been texting with. Oh, that's me, Dave. 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 Cool, cool. Yo, please share my personal contact with all the guys. Oh, yeah, That's bro. Sure, man. I'm going to yeah. put us in a group message. Yeah, exactly. Let's start a little group thread and, yeah, that's how we build. For sure, man. Well, um, we're going to get into some house cleaning before we wrap up the web, the episode. Hey, um, cool. Once again, we want to appreciate all of our listeners for coming with us every week, for constantly just coming and listening to our podcast. Um, we want to say y'all just check out the website again, uh, blackwealthrenaissance.com. Uh, join our emailing list. We're going to just keep on pushing it. Yeah. Uh, Black CPAs, lawyers, uh, Real estate agents. If you're a realtor broker, contractors, whatever, just hit us up and we're trying to connect the whole team. We're trying to, like uh, David said, we're just trying to spread this group economics. Um, Jay, I know you got some exciting news to share with the podcast. Like, what's been going on with the podcast this week? Oh, man. So uh, I, I had to think about what you was talking about for a second. Uh, we, we definitely want to give a huge shout out to our followers. Uh, y'all rating and reviewing and, and just really helping us out has helped us to crack the top 100 of Apple Business Podcasts. Yeah. Crazy. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Never would have expected it. Yeah. It's, uh, I was, yeah, we are so thankful, y'all. Like, this is... We, this is crazy. Like, we, we never expected this once again. So, just shout out to y'all. Uh, thank y'all, man. Thank, yeah. Yeah, thank y'all again. And for everybody, I got to plug the last thing. Kelly, I'll let you get it. For Patreon, 
Uh, everybody subscribe to our Patreon. Definitely got a new Patreon follower. Shout out to him. I wish I would have had it. I can shout him out. But a shout out to that guy. But please subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> What happened? Shout out to that guy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't want to be out of patience. <laughs> well, I don't have it up. And I don't have it. But it's patreon.com slash T H E B W R. Patreon.com slash T H E B W R. Yeah, shout out to you though, my man. We're gonna find your name. We shout you on the next episode. His Dang. name is Brenton. Shout out to Brenton, man. I appreciate oh, you. Man, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I couldn't I couldn't let him let you go out sad, bro. I, I'm here for you, bro. Shout him out. Um, we appreciate you for actually joining the club though. Everybody else, y'all keep on joining. Um, y'all gonna get to talk to us. Y'all gonna get to have some one-on-one conversations with us. So uh, get extra, get the podcast early because we yeah. have like a shit ton of podcasts recorded. So you don't get the lower. Yeah. For a dollar. If you're still listening by now, and we're like we're over, we're an hour and a half in. This is for the. This is for like the final edit. If they're still, whoever's still listening, super interested in probably what we had to say, but you know, clearly. So let us know where else you want to take the conversation. Let us know some specific areas that you find value in diving into, uh, and we will definitely do so. Um, just you know, reach out to the boys uh, at you know all their social channels or respond to where do you guys drop these? Um, Oh, we Apple. Drop them, yeah, we drop them via Anchor, Anchor so everywhere. it goes everywhere. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, check these, uh, check this podcast out wherever you get your podcast, and let us know where you want us to take it. Damn, I got into my host shit real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, bro. <laughs> so look, we go, we go take it out like this. This is Black Girl Renaissance signing out. Peace. Peace. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.